Hello and welcome to The Earful Runner, a podcast about running in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking about all things Run Disney. This is your Run Disney update, along with a little bit about the history and the evolution of Run Disney. But first and foremost, welcome home, Emily. Yay! We're recording in the same city, which is a step closer to recording in the same place. We're getting close, folks. We're getting close. It may actually happen within the next week or two that the either 15th or 16th episode of the Earful Rhino will actually happen in person. So exciting. Yay! From somebody's so, roof or some private corner of a park somewhere. or <laughs> Yes, where we can shout at each other with a lavalier mic. It should be a really good time. From like uh, a socially distant... <laughs> It's socially just, and it'll all be muffled. Be like, oh, 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 welcome to the Earful Runner. Uh, so, <laughs> could be a really good time. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the evolution of Run Disney as it relates to Walt Disney Marathon Weekend. But today is actually the kickoff for general registration for Princess Weekend. Em, can you tell us how that's going? Um, it looks like everything is sold out. Okay, so, so it's it went, going exactly according to plan. Um, keep in mind, like we talked about with Marathon Weekend, I think we mentioned before, like they were assuming that they've sold a drastically lower number of spots to all of these races than they have in the past. And hopefully with, you know, wider spread testing and, you know, more precautions in place, maybe we'll see some um, more bibs open up as it gets closer and we know kind of more about what's going on in the state of the world, maybe, you know, even if we're lucky enough to have the vaccine by, you know, January, that would be really nice. Um, and you might see some more bibs open up if things become safer in that regard. So keep an eye on it. Um, it doesn't mean it's, it's the end. So, so with that in mind, Emily, you and I had talked a little bit of, with our Space Mountain Virtual 5K. Despite technical difficulties, we made it through on Saturday. Um, on our IGTV, by the way. IGTV, so exciting. Oh my gosh, we're just branching out into social media all over the place. Um, you had hit us up with a pretty solid fact about how many bibs for Marathon were released versus how many are typically released. Could you share that with the listeners? Yeah, so the word on the street direct from the mouth of a run Disney rep is that they sold 15,000 total bibs across all four races. Uh, for marathon weekend as opposed to the normal 45,000. So they sold a third of the number of bibs that they usually sell. Um, and like we said, that's spread out over all four races. So they potentially maybe sold more half marathon bibs than anything else or whatever, because that's usually the largest race. But we don't know what the divide is, but we know that it was about 15,000 total bibs. Um, so, you know, that's a third of what we usually see. So it's going to be a different experience. Um, for now. So would you say that it's likely that they sold maybe approximately a third of the typical princess registrations that they would move? Yeah, it's possible, which would end up being about probably like eight to 10,000 bibs, which is not a whole lot um, spread out over Across three races. Three races. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um, and like, you know, so it's a smaller field. You know, it's, it begs the question of what's going to happen with Wine and Dine because they sold Wine and Dine to its normal capacity because they sold before all of this kind of like started to shut us down. Um, mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that regard. Um, and along the same lines, like Paris just canceled. 
which is a bummer. But 2021 will be their fifth anniversary race weekend instead. Um, and Disney's offering full refunds or the opportunity to defer or a refund on your bib if you still want to go to Paris and just not race. Um, they're being very generous about what they're doing. So I was able to transfer all my stuff, like my deposits, to 2021. And then I'll just do it next year. Well, that's okay. You know, that's, I, I feel like uh, we're going to have 2021 and 2020 all in the same year next year. I feel like it's going to yeah. be well, all it, of the it things. Well, it, it uh, points at uh, words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should point out that they did extend the castle to Chateau. So if you raced Marathon Weekend or Princess or hopefully Wine and Dine in 2020, those will count towards your 2021 castle to Chateau. I know that that was like a big, it's usually the same calendar year, um, but they are making that exception. I knew a couple of people who had done Dopey uh, this year who were going for their castle to Chateau and were really upset about having to potentially do something like that again in Disney, mm -hmm. Disney World. Um, so they did extend the castle to Chateau period, which is, which is really helpful. So the same people that would have gotten it this year will get it in 2021 if they choose to do so. So that expanded timeline is a really good point. It also begs the question when it comes to the race calendar for proof of time, um, because I know that that's something, especially people who just registered for 2021, either for Princess or Walt Disney World. Have there been uh, any communications about expanded proof of time? Because obviously yeah. there'll be far fewer races this year. Yeah, so they do. So Wine and Dine and... Uh, marathon weekend. I'm not sure about Princess yet because I haven't gotten, I'm running with a charity. I haven't gotten my registration link yet. So I haven't seen the dates on Princess, but Wine and Dine and Marathon Weekend did get extended um, proof of time. So now I believe you can go back as far as like October, November of 2018 um, for your proof of time, which it was January 2019 to like whatever the cutoff date is. But now it's, they've backed it up about three months. Oh, so it actually went back retroactively. That's an interesting way to do it. So that if you have any rate, you know, understanding that like, there's probably not going to be, you know, one third of the races that there would be in a typical yeah. calendar year for 2020. Uh, it's kind of surprising. We were, we were talking briefly about uh, Emily's scheduled marathon for the fall and it was like, yeah, it seems like it's going to happen. It's, it seems surprising when races are actually happening in person now. I mean, so it means I have to train for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> is what's actually happening i have well, a, nice it's a 20 miler scheduled on my 25th birthday weekend and you're like oh yeah well see that'll be a great way to celebrate it's almost one mile for every year that's pretty almost. good you just double up on a few so speaking of training, uh, for folks that we had chatted a little bit last week in our episode about training for Disney, uh, we had some updates on training plans that are currently available online. So Em, do you want to just kind of walk us through really quickly what those dates would look like for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So if you are training for Dopey or Goofy um, and you want to use the Galloway program, this is all in regards to the Galloway programs that are available on rundisney.com, all free, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, the 29-week Dopey Goofy Challenge training plan would start you on June 29th. So that's coming up in like two weeks. Um, the 19-week half marathon plan for Marathon Weekend would put you at an August 19th start. 
And there's also a 12-week wine and dine to marathon plan. So if you are, are training for wine and dine and you're also doing the marathon, um, you could train up for wine and dine. And then there is a 12-week plan specific to, okay, you've run wine and dine. You have all that fitness. Now here's how to like recover and then build on it so that you're ready for marathon weekend. Um, and like we said, all of those plans are available online. Um, there are like beginner versus intermediate plans. The Galloway plans are so thorough. They explain absolutely everything that you need to know to understand the plan. Um, and they're very user-friendly in regards to like how many days a week. I know life's like not particularly normal with it for everybody right now. So like as we're re like readjusting our lives, like they're very, you know, generous in the amount of days that you get off to, you know, adjust if you need to. So, so that's interesting. So with the Galloway plans, um, there are typically are three days a week. Um, from a coaching perspective, Emily, do you feel like three days a week is enough for somebody who, you know, is more intermediate? Like, could they add another day from a coaching perspective? I think, is there a big difference between training plans that are three days a week versus four days a week? No, I think it's a matter of how you use those days. Um, if you are someone who's like three days a week is just not going to cut it for me. Like if you're overly anxious about the mileage or you just like getting extra miles, like adding a fourth day is totally fine. But like if you're someone who works like 12 hours a day, five days a week and you got kids and you got like life to balance, like three days is fine. Like do what you can to like get the mileage in. Galloway has been around for so long and I don't think they would build them this way if it didn't, if it didn't kind of work at least for most people. Mm -hmm. um, it's also important to mention too, like the Dopey Challenge plan um, doesn't always exclusively stick to three days. There are some weeks where it's four days and there are some, there's even one week where it's kind of like a practice Dopey. So I think you get like five days, you get like one regular run and then a four day practice Dopey. Um, so you do get a couple back-to-back -back days. That's like, that's like the goal of the Dopey training plan is to get you ready for the back-to-back -back days. So there are some adjustments and, depending on what it is you're running. Gotcha. And so what day are we doing that practice dopey again? <laughs> the week we get, before what we get on the Christmas. Calendar? The week before Christmas, yes. And yeah, so if you want, this is important to keep in mind too, if you are doing that dopey challenge, um, if you like a solid like two-week taper um, and nothing more, that would put your last long run on Christmas. If Interesting. you're okay with a slightly longer taper with Disney would be two and a half weeks because the Dopey Challenge starts on Thursday. So it'd be about two and a half weeks. You could do the practice Dopey the week before Christmas. Because Christmas falls on a Saturday this year. So. Makes if, sense. If you don't particularly want to be tw running 20 miles the day after you feasted on lots of food and Christmas cookies, you know, adjust accordingly. <laughs> Fueled by uh, potatoes au gratin and uh, ham or turkey. Yeah, that could be, could be a problem. Yeah, I, I personally will not be waking up on December 26th to run 20 miles. That's not in my, in my plans at any point in my existence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the week before it is. I like that. I, so I the like week that before. Idea. And that usually, like, I don't know, for us here, like, our friends are usually still around. No one's gone anywhere quite yet. We'll be together to be able to do it, hopefully. So that is nice too. It's more fun with friends, at least Absolutely. on my end. 
Oh, no, I, having, you know, run solo almost exclusively for the last four months, I totally understand. Um, so, so speaking of running together, at least virtually, I noticed, and I think Emily might have a better perspective on this, that there are not one, but two virtual uh, Walt Disney World themes, like themed virtual races going on right now with Team Run Disney. Do you want to kind of give us a, a quick and dirty on that one? Yeah, sure. So if you're connected to Team Run Disney on either Instagram or Facebook, um, Matt, who is in charge of the page, has been putting together these awesome virtual runs. Um, the first one is the Great Race Across Walt Disney World, and the second is the Greatest Race Across Walt Disney World. Um, and they're super easy. What you do is you log in, you put your daily mileage, and it sends you a map of where you are in Walt Disney World. He's put together a great course. Um, you get a view of where you're at, and the goal is to get yourself through all of Walt Disney World. So the first race is 60 miles and the second is 69 miles. I made it most of the way through the first race and was tired of seeing the highway. So he fixed it and put less highway time on the second race. And so I started the second race and I've so far seen Caribbean Beach and uh, the Hollywood Studios parking lot. So I feel much better about not being <laughs> on the highway as much. Um, but they're super fun. They're also, you know, Team Run Disney is selling super cool Team Run Disney t-shirts um, as well. They're, like the race is free to participate in, but if you want to support them, they're donating money to a first responders um, organization, which is great. They're super cool. They say Team Run Disney. And then the back says the backside of a runner, which is a cute. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Which is a nice little Jungle Cruise pun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, of so, there it is, so, folks. The world's famous. <laughs> yeah, so connect with Team Run, hashtag Team Run Disney um, on Facebook, and then they're at Team Run Disney on Instagram. Uh, and check out the greatest and the great race across Walt Disney World. It's been fun to like log my miles and, and, and be like, oh, cool, like I'm at the Swan and Dolphin today. Like, oh, that's awesome. So you just get an email, or like, do you get a text yeah, alert? So what do you get? An email. Yeah, so you'll get an email. Um, you follow the link that's on their Facebook page to start you off. And then you can get an email, you'll get an email of where to like put your miles in and you'll get another, when you submit your miles, it'll say like, check out where you are in Walt Disney World and you click it and it takes you to Google Maps and you shows you where you're at. Well, that's awesome. And yeah, it, it sounds like it cool. incorporates the resorts too, which is, you know, something yeah, resorts, that we definitely don't get to parks, see. Yeah, lots, lots of fun Disney things. He's even figured out how to have like some character stops like oh, where wow. you are, like if where you are on Google Maps, like if on the Google Maps Street View there happened to be like a character out at the time, like he's figured out how to like incorporate that, which is really cool. So That's awesome. And it's so the second one is a little bit longer, so it's like sixty nine miles. You said, yeah. That's like a that's a but solid like, less highway time and more more views. Oh, that's cool. That's like a solid week's worth of work. I could, I could get behind that. Yeah, your week's worth of work, my like <laughs> two months. I just, uh, well, you know, I, I have only a few hobbies, and this is really the only one I'm allowed to do right now. So this works. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so so awesome. So thank you for all of these Run Disney updates, uh, dear listeners. Emily is the expert on these things. I'm more of the history nerd, and Emily is the expert on all things Run Disney. So. Um, I think it's I basically a great just update. have no life and find myself stalking various uh, internet forums of what's going on in the world. <laughs> I th I would call that research. I think that's a skill. I, I don't think All there's right. anything wrong with that. 
you know, in, in every you team. You're making me feel gr- better about my <laughs> lack of a life. <laughs> no, no. In every team, there is somebody who is the research specialist, right? So that is, that is definitely the role that Emily is fulfilling here. Research so, specialist and social media guru. Coordinator. Yeah. Hey, both of these, I'm, I'm like the big history nerd and the person that goes like way off the ranch when it comes to like imaginary projects. That's what I do. You also edit all of this. So I do. So yeah, so I'm <laughs> sort of the, the back end of this. So I do that. I do yes, the backside of a runner. Yeah, I think I kind of really want that shirt. It should be the backside of a, a podcaster. Actually, that would be really funny. If we had shirts, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> so, uh, with all of the information available now about virtual races, it really made me start to think about how race courses evolve, specifically the marathon course, because that really was the very first course that Disney uh, ever created and that has branched out into different parks from you know, California to Florida to Disneyland Paris and beyond. I don't know, they don't do any races in uh, any of the Asian parks, do they? There's a Shanghai race, but it's not operated by Run Disney. Like it runs through Disneyland Shanghai or yeah, but it doesn't, it's not operated by, by run Disney. It was Marvel. It was supposed to be Marvel themed this year. Ah, interesting. Interesting. So there's yeah. not even like in Tokyo, Disney or Disney sea, like there are no races there. Mm-mm. Disney sea would be a really great place to do a race. That would be so interesting. It'd be so cool. That's on my like list of parks to get to soon ish. Well- well, and also too, like you could probably, you could do both of the Tokyo parks and you could do probably um, Shanghai or Hong Kong. Or Hong like, Kong, in yeah, that. in the same get. Or you could just do all the Asian parks in one go. And just be go there, be there for three weeks. That also would be perfectly okay. Yeah, I'd like if I'm going to take the 24-hour flight or however long a 12-hour flight, whatever it is, you know, I might as well just like do it all in one go. Yeah, yeah, just that, that's it. I'm going to be over there for a month and I'm going to see all the parks. And I'm, like, I'm going I'm, Disney hopping. Seems totally plausible to me. I dig it. Yeah, totally. But this is so, a cool conversation because it leads us up to like getting to speculate about this year's course or this coming year's course mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and where it's going, especially as we see like changes to the parks with like mass amounts of construction and stuff like that. Exactly. Cool conversation to have. So, so with that, uh, we thought we'd share a little bit about what we learned about the very first Walt Disney World Marathon, which took place uh, January sixteenth, nineteen ninety four, with just eight thousand runners. So, I know, right? So, so many, so, so much fewer uh, participants than what you'd be looking at now. Although if this year's race genuinely does have 15,000 people across four races, I would think it would be a pretty similar experience. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like things that we're like, Oh my God, that's so drastic for Disney are like things that are normal for other races. Like 8,000 people is like a normal race in any other location, you know, and like a lot of highway time and no character stops and no views is basically every other race in the world. Yeah, I think you'd be hard pressed to find another race that incorporates theme parks and costume characters. I think you'd, you know, I don't know if any of Universal does. I Universal does races, but it, they I think started this past year. Interesting. Yeah, and that could be a whole that could be a whole other podcast episode. It looks fun. Comparison. 
the were social they, media posts have... I saw looked fun. It was a 5K and a 10K. And they were were they all IP branded or were they just universal branded? They were universal branded. Yeah. So it wasn't like the Minions 5K or something, which I would sign up for immediately. Yeah, they were universal branded, but like I think the medals had Minions on them. I'd be all over that. I would be. Yeah, I'd I gotta, be very I gotta excited. Do some day. I gotta look back, but they did look fun. I would be down to like run past Hogwarts. Yeah, I could I could see that being an extraordinarily popular race series. Yeah. And you could register sure. as part you could register as part of specific houses. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's a yeah, that would be your race t shirt would be the that color house, right? Um, you know, it, you burgundy and, and gold for Gryffindor and black and green for Slytherin. I don't remember what color Ravenclaw was or Hufflepuff. Blue and but. blue and black and yellow and black. That's Hufflepuff, right? Yellow and black? Yeah. 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 Are you a Hufflepuff? You have to be a Hufflepuff. You know, I always thought probably closer to Ravenclaw. Mm. Maybe like a Ravenpuff. <laughs> Which sounds like a breakfast cereal. Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuff. That's what I'm going with. Hufflepuff on that one. Hufflepuff. I, like that. I think you're going to have to take the sorting quiz again and find out because I'm going to yeah, stand- sort I'm going to stand firm on Hufflepuff until the sorting hat tells me otherwise. <laughs> well, we will we will go have a conversation with the sorting hat, and we will see you on this one for sure. Um, so as we digressed into Hogwarts housing. That's okay. I think that's perfectly legitimate, because I think that that is tied into the magic of all of these races and kind of why we got excited about doing this podcast in the first place. Because that's true. there are so few other opportunities to really be a big kid and to to have these adventures on the run so with that with that so the the 1994 edition of the race looked pretty different um you know even when you sort of factor out a smaller field size so even though it did start in the epcot parking lot it actually went in a clockwise i guess you could say initially clockwise direction so it started out in Epcot around World Showcase, and then you actually went south and went through uh, Hollywood Studios, which I believe might have still been MGM at that point in time, and you went down Hollywood Boulevard in the opposite direction that you go currently. You exited through the Backlot Tour past the Earful Tower and then out onto World Drive. So then you went north on World Drive, uh, approximately six miles of the course were on World Drive, and you went into Magic Kingdom at mile 12. So transportation okay. and ticket center would have been like mile 11. So the actual halfway point of the original uh, Walt Disney World Marathon course was mile 13 at Magic Kingdom coming through the castle. Oh, see, that's nice. So that's a good, you know, I think that's a really cool way to look at it, right? So you get halfway through, you get the castle as your reward. And then you went back down around the hub and straight back out pretty much the way you came. So you didn't go through uh, Liberty Square or Frontierland at all. You came straight back down and then took a right and went out by the firehouse hmm. through, through the backstage area. That's so, kind of what Disneyland did. You kind of like with Disneyland, you kind of came into Magic Kingdom from the back and you came through like Fantasyland and Toontown and stuff, and then through the castle and out the front of Disneyland Park. 
down Main Street yeah. and out the front. So you kind of did it from the back forward instead of like what we know in Disney is like from the forward, from the front and back. Great. I really do the aspect of that that I as much as I love the loop through Frontierland, I do think it would be kind of cool to have that second pass at Main Street. For sure. Yeah, for sure. But then you run out of places to put spectators. So I guess I get it. Yeah, because now you can spread them out along the bridge into Liberty Square, and then you can spread them all along over by the riverboat in um, in Frontierland. So there's if you really of wanted to, yeah. To hang out. Yeah, yeah, we watched I, this year's marathon from Main Street, but we had to like we had to go in and watch, and then we had to leave and scan our Magic Band and go back in once like park hours had started. Oh, that's interesting. So I didn't realize. So there's. I mean, it makes sense. So there's only a certain amount of time that spectators can be in MK before, the, before they have park. to go back yeah. out and come back in. Well, so with the marathon this year, because of the like, we'll talk about this, we can talk about this more later, but like because of the reroute, um, it ended up being similar to the way that the 1994 one was run where Magic Kingdom was mile 10 instead of like the mile five that we're used to, um, which it. pushed everything back time-wise so like we got there to see a friend who was like kind of at the back of the pack um and so by the time we got there it was super close to park opening so we went in and we watched and we cheered for her and then we walked out we scanned our band and we walked back in we literally just like made a loop out the out the front and like back in the gate ah oh, that's interesting so what yeah. so would you say that was probably like once park opens everybody has to be off of main street is that how that works yeah everybody has everybody who hasn't been scanned in needs to go out and if they want to come back in they can but they have to scan they have to scan themselves back in like we didn't get scanned into magic kingdom when we came in to watch we just got brought it. out in yeah got it and then so does that once work? people passed they were like all right time to leave <laughs> So does that work the same way in other parks? Like if people are going to spectate, say, from Animal Kingdom, does that work the same way? Or is you there... Have, if you were going to spectate from inside Animal Kingdom, this year I think Animal Kingdom was open by the time anybody got there because 10 miles and they pushed Animal Kingdom back to more like 16, 17. Okay. Um, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, so it was the same way. But they, they put some restrictions on spectators, and I don't know if they've changed them. I don't know if they decided that these, that these rules weren't as great as they, were, they thought, but they weren't going to let people spectate from anywhere other than inside the parks. Like, they weren't oh, going to let people watch from Animal Kingdom parking lot. Like, they're, the year that they did, the year before, when I did it in 2019, and they still had the Wide World of Sports loop, there were people watching from like there were people like tailgating in the wide world of sports parking lot with like snacks and like and stuff and like people on the overpasses okay. like the closed off overpasses they mm -hmm. decided that that was like a no-go that they weren't going to mm -hmm. let people do that anymore and i think that that rule started with last year's wine and dine um but i don't know if it's held up i don't know if they're enforcing it or they've kept it in place so i know some people were like well this is crap because like there aren't spectators in other spots other than the parks if you do that. And then it's a really lonely course. And that is an amazing segue. Speaking of really lonely course. <laughs> so in 1994, when you exited Magic Kingdom, you then had roughly eight miles of just road. 
which like in any other marathon in the world is literally the the entire marathon but like in disney we're like oh god eight miles of nothing how are we going to survive that like guys have you ever run a marathon that's not disney that's literally all that is <laughs> yeah and, it's, and it appears that um they did do a really good job of having bands and some musical entertainment um but when you Which go back still, and you look at they still do they still do for sure because like on that stretch you have a couple of DJs you have some performers and especially as you get now closer to what we think of as the animal kingdom loop you have performers out there willing to engage um but it's yeah so it was eight miles of road because animal kingdom had not yet come to be um the the loop kind of looks very similar to where you would go now like past the sewage treatment plant at mile 15 uh so i can imagine that that was probably uh a similar experience that everybody's had all through all like the the trash cans behind mexico yeah you just know you're like all right (gasps) we're just gonna get through here as fast as possible i'm just gonna hold Uh, our breath for the next you know tenth of a mile until it passes (laughs) we're just just gonna hang on we're gonna test that free diving uh capacity there and just keep moving Uh, So then it was eight miles back to Epcot uh, and back into Epcot to finally finish in the parking lot. So the interesting thing about that original marathon course uh, loop is that it really doesn't change much for a a fairly significant amount of time. Um, It doesn't change for five years uh, until the opening of Animal Kingdom when the course was redesigned to actually incorporate that. Um, And then the next real big course change outside of the introduction of challenges um, was in 2013 when the course was updated to include a lap around the speedway and the wide world of sports. So there's a lot of controversy about that part of the course. Indeed, indeed. So so tell me what so. First of all, did you ever do an event that had the speedway loop in it or just the events that had the ESPN loop? Just the one that had the wide world of sports loop. The Speedway was gone, I think, by the time I started racing in Disney. They had already demolished the Speedway and started to extend the MK parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I ve- like, I kind of barely remember the Speedway even being there. I so, do remember I was not old enough for the Richard Petty driving experience. That yeah, I wasn't either. I was, so. I was really bummed for that one. Um, I guess so, it got demolished in like 14 or 15, maybe. Because I started doing Disney races in 16, and it wasn't there when I did it the first time, I don't believe. But they like would, they did have like Ralph and Vanellope. They usually have Ralph and Vanellope in the parking lot just to like, for nostalgia's sake. Makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, so... So let's talk about this wide world of sports loop, because that kind of brings us up to sort of this past year. Um, Obviously, there's been some, you know, not insubstantial amount of chatter about cutting, you know, making changes to the course in the middle of the run and sort of general perspectives on that. So what is your initial hot take on the wide world of sports loop just in general? Okay, so when I saw the 2020 course didn't have the wide world of sports loop, I was like, dang it. I would have loved to have not done the wide world of sports loop. I do have like a thing about baseball stadiums. Like I love, I mean, I love baseball. So like, I thought that that was like a really cool place to be at mile 20. And like the angel stadium was my favorite part of Disneyland. And like the baseball stadium is my favorite part of Staten Island half. Like I'm a big fan of the baseball stadiums and the courses, 
but I was like, this is so, I was like, I didn't need to see every sports facility that ESPN has in the course of this race. <laughs> Cause that's what I felt like it was. I felt like it was just like, Hey, we're on the track and now we're like on the soccer field and now we're in the football stadium and now we're like under some trees and like, <laughs> So I was kind of je- I was like a little jealous when I saw that it included that the 2020 course had included Blizzard Beach, which I know not everybody got to do. But I was like, oh man, I would have loved to have not done that. <laughs> that no, yeah. loop. So so I actually kind of like the wide world of sports loop just because it was really different and it also offered mm-hmm. you I felt like it offered you an opportunity to interact with characters with shorter lines. Definitely because- and I think it was like the biggest influx of character stops that you had had since Animal Kingdom too so like you had been you know running yourself down the highway between like the Animal Kingdom parking lot and wide world of sports and wide world of sports was like that opportunity where you're like, cool, I can like take a breather and get some character photos and stuff. That was your, your next opportunity to like, <sighs> and the you, sta- know? you know, to have like the baseball stadium and to have the loop on the track. Cause I was like, we're actually going to go around the track. Okay. That's cool. And you know, like, right. yeah, it was definitely like, I, I don't think I was really into, um, the, the loop that went kind of like around the soccer field and the tennis courts. Um, but you actually had some interesting Pixar characters too. I think you had, I think I have a photo with Sadness from Inside yeah, I had Out. Yeah, Joy, Joy and Sadness. I had like Minnie in her soccer outfit and like Donald and Mickey in their referee outfits. Like it was definitely like a cute, a cute spin goofy in his tracksuit, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was a cute spot for character photos. I definitely think like there were parts of it where the sidewalk got really narrow. And I think that that was like a big, concern for some some people um Mm -hmm. which I totally understand too especially on a race that like is a good amount of like run walkers and walkers versus just runners you know to have a narrower spot where you're like okay I gotta stop to run like stop to walk like then is harder to navigate with people so I think that that was also like when you went from like big stretches of highway to like sidewalk Mm -hmm that also gets a little like muddy um but I know that there were a lot of people that missed it and there were a lot of people that were like no I'm good which then I guess brings us to like what's gonna happen this year exactly so we have in my dreams it's neither like it's like a (laughs) totally new course so like do you think it's gonna be the old one or the like 2021 I'm like in my dreams neither so what would you what would you like to see changed about the course if if you were in charge of updating the course for 2021? I I think like I think the back half of what they had going for 2020 was really great. Like I think the idea of looping through Epcot before going to Magic Kingdom and like increasing your park time in Epcot before going to Magic Kingdom and having Magic Kingdom be more of a halfway spot I thought was a really good idea. And then also mm-hmm. having like a little bit of Caribbean beach and blizzard beach in the back half was also would also decrease highway time, which I think was really great. But I, I, with all of the construction and that's what I guess we'll get to see what happens is like a lot of that rerouting happened because of the Epcot construction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. since it's been essentially on hold for the last three months and almost four months by the time that the park reopens, 
it'll be interesting to see what that looks like if enough of Epcot is done to be able to reroute in a different way or whether it'll still take the same form that it had before. Like, I definitely think there could be like a happy medium of like, maybe it does go straight to Magic Kingdom like it used to, but like, then there's no awkward like out and you remember that like out and back you used to do before you got to Magic Animal Kingdom? I Yep, I do. So like that awkward out and back could be eliminated in favor of like going to Blizzard Beach and going to Wide World of Sports. Like maybe there is like a happy medium of like taking away some highway time in favor of more park time somewhere else. Like I think you could do the Wide World of Sports loop with less, just less time in Wide World of Sports. Like I think you could still go to Wide World of Sports, just not spend four miles or three miles, or however many miles it was in there, you'd like, probably spend, like, two and yeah. be, be fine. Because the think the Blizzard Beach loop was only a mile to a mile and a mm-hmm. half, because when they cut it, when it got really hot, like, the people that got cut only missed about a mile and a half of the course. So. Interesting. So I think so there is, would... like, a happy medium somewhere that, like, gives us some more park time in in new places, but also maybe, like, does include that wide world of sports loop for the levity of like character stops and stuff like that was the interesting part of going through wide world of sports so yeah i I really like where you're going with that because then you have a greater opportunity for character interaction um and also you're by adding those opportunities it takes less pressure off some of the other character opportunities right so it's like for sure you have people that are going to be a little more selective about uh what they you know what they choose to do maybe they don't do any character stops till the back half of the race um yeah and then and it's just more exciting that's the big thing right like how do you add especially when you get into the last 10k of a marathon which everybody goes oh only a 10k left well that 10k feels forever like that's just like oh my gosh why am i only you think you've been running for like eight hours and you look at your watch and you're like that was two miles like that was the best thing that a cast member said to me when I got into Epcot and I now scream it at people when if I spectate in Epcot she was like keep your eye on the ball she was like look at Spaceship Earth and keep your eye on the ball because the closer you get to Spaceship Earth the closer you are to being done and you can see Spaceship Earth the whole way around World Showcase so if you just keep watching Spaceship Earth and the closer you get then the closer you are to the finish line and I was like you have no idea how much that helped <laughs> like Thank you, nice cast member. Yeah, she was like, just keep your eye on the ball. And I was like, that's actually really helpful. Thank you. From a metaphorical and an actual sense, a literal sense, keep my eye on the ball. Yeah, I was like, thank you you for that. I needed that. Yeah, because you come in by International Gateway and you're just like, oh my gosh, why am I not at Japan yet? Like, why am I I still? I have a picture, I think, outside of either Japan or China where I literally look like I could not, it has to be like 25 and a half, maybe. <laughs> like I look like I couldn't muster up any more enthusiasm than I ha- I'm like, eh. like, arms are only like a little like way half hearted, like wave. And like, I look like I'm trying to muster some enthusiasm, but like, I just don't have any left to muster. Yeah, and like, it's, it look, yeah. it's one of those pictures where you look at it and you're like, some days I feel like this. Some days yeah, I feel so like mile 25 and a half. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I know that I, for me, that was like, as you know, because the last time I did it was 2018. So like, as you come around 
that top part of um, Future Worlds, right? Because you had gone down and you kind of like looped around and came back underneath Spaceship Earth, because obviously before a lot of the construction started, and you're just like, why, why am why am I still running in circles? Like, why why are we not there yet? What's happening? Why are we not? Why uh, am I making a circle around Spaceship Earth? Yeah, and I just kept telling myself, just the choir will be there soon. Like the choir, once you can hear the choir, uh, you actually, with the proverbial lady singing, uh, yes, you'll actually be there. That's the important part. Yeah, for sure. And I think, and I think another interesting thing to see will be what they do with the start time, because mm, in 2020 they had moved the start time to 5 a.m. and then with the whole traffic debacle, which really was the beginning of the debacle. Um, it ended up getting pushed to like 5.15, 5.20 to give people more of a chance to get there. But I was actually excited about the idea of a 5 a.m. start. Um, I know it wasn't hot, like hot, hot, hot when you did it. But like mm -hmm. the year I did it was like not quite as hot as 2020, but like still pretty warm. And like, I think I would have given a lot to have an extra half hour in the dark. Like if I could have been at like, I think I was like, behind magic kingdom when the sun was starting to come up like if i could have been like most of the way to animal kingdom when the sun had started to come up like i would have been a happier person yeah no that 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 makes sense because you're just exposed on that long stretch going out to animal kingdom for such a and long the, way the stretch from between animal kingdom and wide world sports and hollywood studios that was like the stretch that really drove home my sunburn where I was like, drink half the cup, dump the other half down my back. Like, well, and I'm going to wash off all of the sunblock that I have on right now. All I don't even it, know if I goes. had any. I don't even know if I had any on. I'm the worst with sunblock in Disney races because, like, I know I'm gonna Emily. need it, but like waking up in the dark, I just like it. Just with the sun's not up, I'm not thinking about it. You're so, not like, thinking. You need you need to put it next to your toothpaste. Is what you need to do. I need to put um, it like next to the body glide and just be like, this is an essential thing that like we need to have with us all the time. Yeah. Like just, okay. <laughs> magic band, magic band, bib, body glide, sunblock, clothes. There you go. Yeah. In that I, had order. A nice, I had a nice marathon sunburn, like just on one shoulder, like the shoulder the that was yeah, most exposed to the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because yeah, you're early good. in the morning and the sun is stronger on one side. Yeah, I've definitely, definitely And there's done not, that like, God forbid there's shade between Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. Like. <laughs> doesn't happen. Nope. Doesn't happen. No, no. <laughs> Palm trees are Yourself. not shade producing trees. No, no. I, I, I distinctly remember finding, trying to, like, thinking really hard about coming down Sunset Boulevard and, like, stopping under one of the awnings, like, just somewhere just to get out of the sun for a little bit. Um, but it also was not super hot. So I wasn't terribly worried about that. That was actually, it wasn't the cold. I did 2010, which was the coldest year ever and 2018, which was pretty chilly, but not work and not anywhere close. Well, to marathon it. day was like really nice. I remember it was like cold the first three days, but the marathon day was actually like a tolerable temperature. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty comfortable. I have to look at my finisher photo. I don't know. If, I, I had a lightweight jacket. I might've still had it on at that point because it was relatively cold and the jacket was all white um but yeah that was yeah that first day 19 degrees not fun no so the only thing we can hope for is better weather <laughs> better weather and, and a new course so so and one of the other things that we were talking about um was the sort of theme update and sort of initial thoughts on that so i know that not a ton of people potentially have seen this so so what is the updated theming for the 2021 weekend so it looks like it's something color related, which could be kind of cool. It's got like 
a little bit of that vibe of the ink and paint collection that's been that was released a couple months ago mm-hmm. um it's got chippendale on the graphic which is new we haven't seen chippendale on the graphic and which is i've never seen chippendale on the graphic so, so at least in six years <laughs> Well, so it's Chippendale is an interesting point because in doing the research on sort of the evolution of the 1994 course to now, um, Chippendale actually were the characters associated with the marathon relay for 2012, which, which makes was only sense. Um, it just makes me wonder, you know, if are they going to bring back a marathon relay or will that will they simply replace another uh, another character for another event? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, so looking at the graphic, it looks like we've got Pluto, Donald, Mickey, Goofy, and Chippendale. So, like, I would think that maybe, like, Pluto's historically on the 5K medal. Um, I would think maybe they're thinking about adding Chippendale to the 10K. Um, I don't think they would move Donald off the half, um, and they definitely wouldn't move Mickey off the full. So that's my, my guess is that they're taking Minnie's place in the 10K, which you know bummer for Minnie but also I think it's kind of I've had I had a ch- I had a conversation with the chipmunks at breakfast after Princess and Dale and really wanted to be on the metal and I said you're gonna have to talk to the mouse boss about that well clearly they did because they're in the updated graphic clearly they so clearly they did Clearly, my conversation with Dale at Garden Grill was really the catalyst to yeah, I mean, it's put this all in motion. It, they just upcycled that information. It's awesome. Um, one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting with the, the fonts that are used in the graphic is the um, the fonts, the smaller um, subtitle fonts about the date and the time, 2021, um, mm-hmm. look like the font that's used for Tron. It does, kind of. Yeah, it looks very, like, futuristic as far so as like, the, like, yeah. And, I, I mean, I don't know what the actual launch of the Tron project will look like now, given the fact that the park had been closed for an extended amount of time. But it's yeah. interesting because you have sort of the very old school, um, you know, traditional animation look with, um, you know, like you said, the ink and paint and the, the characters, especially like calling out characters that we haven't seen in a while, like Chip and Dale. Plus you have a font that would seem to suggest something futuristic. It makes me wonder um, if they would plan an update to the future world section of the course. Or not future, well, future world, but potentially um, Tomorrowland. Yeah. And I mean, the background of the graphic is black, which I also think maybe, you know, Bode's pointing out, um, that it's not like a brightly colored graphic so that that mm-hmm. black background does lend itself to like a little bit of a more futuristic type thing. And it looks like oh, there's stars. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like there's stars in the background. So it's got a whole kind of like nighttime vibe Feel going. To it, right. Well, I yeah. mean, which could also just allude to an earlier start time too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think we're digging. I think we're digging deep in the semiotics chest on this one, but um, I do. I do think it. You could do some really interesting stuff with the themes of color. Like we haven't seen anything in this park about World of Color. I mean, that's a Disneyland mm-hmm. show, but I think that that could be a really interesting way to sort of bring in some more whimsical elements that aren't necessarily like specifically IP related, right? It's all just yeah. you know different the. I think about like alternate costumes for characters 
you know, you think about like years and years ago, you had uh, Goofy had a very interesting space costume for Epcot. Right. Mm-hmm. So he I think about. Have I seen it? No, just kidding. I was thinking about his um, Daredevil costume in Magic Kingdom. Looks kind of oh, like a storybook circus. It probably yeah. is sort of a. It's, it was probably inspired by that. Um, but yeah, it also makes me wonder when we were talking to Michael Disney a couple weeks ago, uh, and we asked him what one character he would love to see on the course would be, and he said Figment. And when you think about um, the exit of Journey into the Imagination through the neon rainbow tube, it makes me wonder if there's going to be some, like, because that to me just says color at Walt Disney World, right? That was sort of the the ultimate, yeah, like, and sure. it was such a simple experience, but people loved it. Yeah. So, for sure. For sure. Could be really cool. It's, we'll see. And Disney, if you like any of these ideas, we're available. <laughs> we are we are willing to uh to uh offer up our blue sky racing talents for this yeah we are available for consultation or potential hire <laughs> yeah uh we will send resumes for sure uh so with that all of these fun things in mind um do we have any other registration dates on the horizon that folks should keep an eyeball on them um not in the immediate horizon um the star wars registration dates will be in august so okay, we've got so some people time. have a little so, ways. Yes. Yeah, so now that all of the stress of registering for things of the last, you know, like three months is done and you As- can breathe, we've got some time before you have to think about registering for something else. So um, we'll, you know, we'll keep everybody updated. And when that comes around, we will let everybody know. And if we get any more updates on, you know, releasing bibs, um, when you might get your virtual medals, things like that, we will, we will let you all know. That sounds awesome. So, dear listener, uh, we really hope that you enjoyed our show today. Uh, You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, We would love to connect with you on the social media. You can find us um, at earfulrunner.com or at earfulrunner on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks. See you real soon.